0: It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings.
1: And welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Breakfast, available every morning for you on Spotify, Apple, and of course wherever you get your podcast from. Tell you what, the week has started to rollick by. It is already Thursday, September the 21st today. And coming up this morning, we have our podcast series, Buying Perth property. And Perth is consistently in the news cycle. I can't recall a week that has gone by and we're not talking about the Perth property market. And Matthew Hughes, the founder and managing director of the Capital Property Advisory, has been a great contributor right across the year for 2023, informing you and me about what is going on in the WA market. It's always a great catch-up. So let's catch up right now with Matthew. And good morning, Matthew. First question I've got to ask you, because you put your, your back out, how is that Ironman triathlon going? Uh, look,
2: it's in December, so I've still got a bit of time to train. Uh,
1: we're ramping up now. I think I'm doing
2: sort of seven or eight sessions a week, and the back is a little stiff, but it hasn't gone out again. So I'm still relatively on track, if not a little bit behind. So I'm still hopeful of getting it done on December 3.
1: Good luck with that. And just as I was mentioning, it's been a really busy year. I mean, the amount of attention, amount of the talking points and people moving to Perth has been a lot in that property cycle.
2: Yeah, we're definitely garnering a lot of national attention from investors. And also there's a big appetite for people moving either from overseas or certainly from interstate to Perth or back to Perth in some cases. So that's really driving the demand over here.
1: And we'll talk more about that in terms of demand. We're also going to be having a look at who is moving into Perth. So if Perth is on your radar and you're thinking, yeah, I might actually move into Perth either later this year or... Or next year, we'll have the lowdown after this with Matthew Hughes.
0: Each week, we bring you in-depth real estate discussions, including inspiring stories from homeowners, knowledgeable real estate professionals and economists. Whether you're a buyer, seller, or just a real estate enthusiast, we are your ultimate property podcast.
1: Well, the New South Wales state budget housing measures were introduced to address the worsening housing crisis. The budget includes funding for less than 5,000 additional homes by 2040 with just 30% designated as affordable housing. The Housing and Infrastructure Plan allocates $2.2 billion for new homes and infrastructure, with the bulk of that actually going to infrastructure. And the budget also features a $224 million social and affordable housing package billed to rent trials. Now, these are pretty popular at the moment, and they also included planning reforms. Now, while the property groups welcomed supply commitments, community organisations found that social and affordable housing measures are quite inadequate, which might see a Few more people move off to Perth, perhaps. Well, if you're celebrating your birthday today, turning a year older, happy birthday to you on this day, September the 21st. Lionel Richie's daughter, Nicole Richie. Wasn't she doing some TV reality shows years ago? She's turning 42. And actor Luke Wilson is also celebrating with you. If you're turning a year older, he's turning 52.
0: Let's fuel your passion for property together. Join us along with our industry experts to help inspire and inform your next real estate decision. It's the main Centre Forecast.
1: And around the country, let's check on your weather word. And first we go to Sydney, expecting a chance of rain, but long, dry, fine periods. Bit of a mixed bag, really, with 22 as your forecast high. Good morning if you are in Melbourne. It should be mainly dry, a possibility of a shower. Tell you what, the temperature has plummeted down to 15 today. The place to be, Brisbane, crystal blue skies, a little bit hot, 35 degrees. I'll go to Perth instead, mainly fine in Perth and a little bit cooler with 27.
0: Ready to take your real estate knowledge to the next level? So are we.
1: And it is a Thursday morning. We are back with Matthew Hughes, the founder and managing director of Capital Property Advisory in Perth. He, of course, he buys a lot of property in the Perth market. He is an expert. Matthew has mentioned this year we have covered a full range of the Perth property market as it stands in September with the end of the year not slowing down. What what are you looking to happen in 2024? Perhaps we can start with the population growth. It's a, a trending topic with a significant jump in WA's population growth statistics and it's been in the news. It's not slowing down, is it?
2: No, it's doing quite the opposite. So we were already leading the, uh, the nation in population growth just above Brisbane. So they were at 2.2% annualised and we're at 2.3%. And then there was an article or many articles circulating last week um, talking about the massive jump in Perth. So we jumped up about 20% to 2.8%. So still leading the country by a larger margin now, and that's really driving demand for property over here in a market that doesn't have a lot of it, unfortunately.
1: And let's just have a look at that demand because, as you say, it's adding fuel to the chronically undersupplied market. So what is the data at the moment telling you in terms of where these migrants are coming from? And then once they get into Perth, into WA, what their activity is in and around buying or renting?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I guess looking at it a little bit more closely than just the headline figure of 2.8%, what we can see when we have a look at Perth and also to a slightly lesser degree Brisbane is that the migrants that are coming to Perth um, are predominantly interstate migrants. So the East Coast major cities, Sydney and Melbourne tend to get a lot more from internationally. And the difference there in terms of the impact it has on the property market is that international migrants are known for coming over and renting initially, whereas interstate migrants often buy. So not only do we have the highest um, level of population growth in totality, we also have, um, I think, the highest or perhaps the second highest of uh, interstate migration. And that means we have more buyers within that 2.8%. So that's really putting additional strain on the, uh, the sales market.
1: And what impact is this influx of new home buyers coupled with the high levels of investor activity having on the supply levels at the moment in Perth?
2: Yeah, so the supply levels are still disappointingly low. Um, So I guess I'll start with a couple of reference points that might help uh, anyone listening understand the gravity of the undersupply issue in Perth at the moment. So, pre-COVID, our stock levels were sitting at around 17,000 homes on the market for sale. So, very high levels at oversupplied market. And obviously, that was a good time for us as buyers agents and for our clients because we were running around stealing properties essentially. Whereas now, um, we we passed through that balanced market stage, which is about 13,000 properties on the market. And then last late last year, we were hovering at around eight eight and 8,500. So, that's the tightest market that I've ever operated in. And that was a pretty difficult job for us as buyers agents finding and securing property at that level. What we've seen since then was surprising, I think, to most is that um, we've now been sitting at stock levels of about 5,200 or thereabouts, give or take 100 for some time now, hoping throughout winter that spring, as it historically has done, would bring more listings to market. But unfortunately, we saw a slight contraction, uh, much to our dismay. So the stock levels um, don't appear to be increasing and we don't really see anything suggesting that they will in the short to medium term.
1: So the housing stock, let's just zero in on that because that stock needs to be replenished for selling property and also to alleviate this crucial rental market. Is there any end in sight from your vantage point as we talk today when when that might improve?
2: Uh, I'd like to say yes, but the answer is no, not really. We did see a small uptick recently in vacant land sales, and that could indicate that there is a a slowly returning appetite for construction in WA. But at the moment, nobody's interested in building a home. Developers are not active because numbers are not stacking up. There's still a disconnect between the cost to buy an established property and the cost to build a new one. Um, and when you factor in the time taken to build, which is still compared with uh, what it was historically, and the cost of money, so then when your timeframes blow out and, and interest rates are higher, that's making it really difficult for developers to make anything stack up. So, that appetite for construction is not really there despite that slight uptick in vacant land sales. The next leading indicator that we look at is actual dwelling approvals. So, if people are buying land now, we would hope that we might see an uptick in dwelling approvals in the coming months. There's a bit of a lag on this stat from the ABS. So, we're looking at July statistics. But that shows us and has done for some time, there's not really been much change in this figure that uh, we're looking at building about ten 000 to 12,000 new dwellings per annum and realistically- even before we saw the news on population growth last week, we need at least double that. So now with the uptick in population growth, that figure may have changed. Conversely, on the rental vacancy side, I, I guess there was a, a, a glimmer of hope there where the vacancy rate jumped from 07 to 0.9% but my theory on why this is happening is that there's there was a lot of state and federal government grants given out for people to build new homes they've taken a long time to complete and i'm assuming that or not assuming i know that some of those are trickling into the market now and the assumption is that there's a lot of renters that are jumping out of their rental and going into their new home and that's freeing up some rental stock so that's a trend that we'll probably see continue and will probably have a slightly positive impact on the vacancy rate, but it's certainly not going to get us back to the point where anywhere near a balanced market, and it's certainly not going to help solve this overall housing supply issue.
1: Mm. And we have spoken to a number of people this year, considering the move into Perth for lifestyle, the property values that we've talked about for much of this year. Some of those people, they just sort of sit on the fence. They've decided not to move. So for them, Matthew, this morning, what's likely to happen in the the Perth market? You you talk about in reality, you're probably looking for about 24,000 annual properties to be built. So is there any glimmer of hope over the next two to three years for these people sitting on the fence? Yeah, look, I think there is a a pretty big appetite for people
2: to move to Perth for employment opportunities or affordable homes or just a nice place with nice weather to to raise a family. Um, So there is demand there. I think there is a little bit of a, a bottleneck in that process, despite the high levels of population growth that we're getting. I think there's probably even more on the table if we could house more people. So what I expect to happen in the Perth market in the coming two to three years is more of the same. If we have this chronically undersupplied and there's nothing being built, then there's not a lot can change in that space for the next two to three years, given how long it takes to create new dwellings. And if population growth continues anywhere near the levels that it's at, we're going to be in that imbalance that we're currently seeing at the moment. We're going to be in that for some time. So I would expect that we're going to have uh, more upward pressure on both sale and rental prices. Um, and given how affordable housing still is, I don't see any real impediment to us getting good moderate to good growth for the next two, three, possibly even four years. So, as a result, good time, obviously, to be a homeowner or a landlord in Perth, but if you're trying to get into the state or if you're actually just a local trying to buy a new home or upgrade your home or right-size your home or whatever it may be, or certainly spare a thought for those in lower socioeconomic circumstances who are just not able to afford rentals because of the current price, it's just going to be really difficult for people uh, in those sorts of situations.
1: Yeah, Perth, you see, it's uh, just too popular with people these days. Matthew, enjoy your Thursday. Once again, thanks for sort of breaking down that Perth property market for us this morning. And we will talk again soon. Talk to you soon, Craig.
0: Don't navigate the real estate market alone. Let us help guide you in the world of real estate every day. Make better informed decisions with the latest news and insights.
1: And saving for a deposit for 1st home buyers at the moment is brutal in this current climate. Yeah, the, the 20% deposit is a, a very substantial burden for first-time buyers.
2: And what is much worse today is what we call housing accessibility or the, the difficulty of saving a deposit. To put some numbers around that, if you were an average household, it would take you about five and a half years if you were saving 20% of your income, which is no mean feat. By comparison, in 1990, it was less than three years. So it's basically twice as long today as it used to be, just a much bigger burden.
0: We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia the Real Estate Podcast.